what I've been doing is I've been recording to the cloud instead of recording out of my computer. And that seems to be working pretty good now. So, uh, well, I guess we're in uh, chapter 10 of Romans. We're kind of going right through it pretty good. Uh, I'm just going to open in prayer and we'll kind of get going right away. Lord, we just want to ask for your blessings and Lord, look for guidance from you as we go through the scriptures. Uh, we know that uh, all scripture is inspired by God and and Lord, we must uh, heed to it, uh, listen to what it has to say and learn from it. And, and not just be doers of the word, but be hearers of the word. And Lord, we just thank you that you did not leave us uh, in the dark, but you gave us light when you came into the world. And uh, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness does not overcome it. So we thank you, Lord, that we have the light of your word. Uh, we just ask now that you bless us. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Okay. Uh, see, I'm thinking there, there's one, two, three. There's actually four of us that read, and there's um, 20. Well, we can each do five verses, and the last guy would have to do six. <laughs> so I can start us off with the first five verses, and then somebody else can jump in as the Lord leads. Uh, Paul writes, he says, brothers, my heart desire and prayer to God for them that they may be saved. And he's talking about his fellow Jews. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For being ignorant of the righteousness of God, and seeking to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. Uh, for Moses writes about the righteousness that is based on the law, that the person who does the commandments shall live by them. Okay, somebody is else. That your, is that where your verse five ends? Yes. Yes. Oh, you're frozen. I'm sorry, I didn't I hear, hear you. you, did, uh, you and I didn't hear you finish verse five. Did you finish verse five? Yeah. Yes. Okay, I, I, I didn't hear it. I'm sorry. Well, go ahead and finish what you got and uh, go right into six then. The man, well, the end of five for me was the man who does those things shall live by them. Verse six, but the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down from above. Or who will descend into the abyss? that is, to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith, which we preach, 
that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes to righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made to salvation. For the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord is over all, is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe on him they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Okay, John, you want to finish it up? Okay. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah said, Lord, who has believed our report? So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But I say, have they not heard? Yes, verily, their sound went into all the earth and their words unto the ends of the world. But I say, did not Israel know? First, Moses says, I will provoke you to jealousy by them that are no people, and by a foolish nation, I will anger you. But Isaiah is very bold and says, I was found to them that sought me not. I was made manifest unto them that asked not after me. But to Israel, he saith, all day long I have stretched forth my hands unto a disobedient and gainsaying people. Amen. Well, Paul kind of continues the same theme that he had from the last uh, chapter. Uh, when we look back to chapter 9, where he says in verse 27, And Israel uh, cries out concerning, uh, and Isaiah cries out concerning Israel, uh, Though the number of the sons of Israel be as the sands of the sea, only a remnant of them will be saved. For the Lord will carry out his sentence upon the earth uh, fully and without delay. And, you know, Paul's desire was that his fellow kinsmen would be saved, that they would come to the knowledge of God. And that's kind of what he starts out with in the very first verse of this chapter. Brethren, my heart desire and prayer to God is for them, talking about the Jews, is that they may be saved. So that's kind of the springboard going into this chapter. Yeah. So verse 2 says, for I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. And we look in um, Philippians chapter 3 and verse 9, it says, and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith 
Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. One of the problems with uh, the nation of Israel is they tried by the law to be saved and they failed to see that grace came by the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace and truth came by the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, you look at the news today that uh, Israel is so divided politically and socially that there's a real a fear that there's going to be a, a crisis in the Israeli government. And we know that most Jews in Israel do not believe in Jesus, the vast majority. 80% of the Jews of um, uh, Israel have no faith in Christ. In fact, the percentage is less than 10% of believing Jews. I think it's less than 5%. And, and, and you see them today living out what we're reading in 9, 10, and 11, that their hearts are hardened. They know the Bible. They've heard about Jesus. They hear about him on the radio. They see stuff about him on TV. And they don't want it. They don't want Jesus today. Uh, it's, it's, it's so very sad. Uh, but that, that, that is their choice. Yeah. So years, ago, years ago, I was uh, back when I had to work for a living. Um, I was in a grocery warehouse and there was a gentleman that uh, <clears throat> was quite proud of the fact that uh, he uh, had converted to Judaism. And so I asked him, I says, what prompted you to convert to Judaism? And he says, well, he says, my neighbor lady was uh, a very rich lady. And she said that uh, if I'd convert to Judaism, she would will me everything of, that she owned. Oh. He said, well, it looked like a good proposition to me. So he says, I converted to Judaism. Well, he was quite devout in his religion. He was very uh, dedicated to everything about it. And so one day I said, uh, tell me, I said, is it true that uh, the vast majority or any part of the Jews are atheists? And he says, oh, man, he says, you can't believe it. Mm -hmm. He says, I, he says the, the synagogue where I go, he said, more than half of the people, he said, probably even as much as 70 or 80 percent don't believe in God, period. And he says, I'd be afraid if I didn't believe in God, he said, to get up and read the Torah on, on the Sabbath. He said, but these guys, they're so calloused. He said, they get up and read the Torah anyway. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we see throughout the annals of history, how they, um, the Jews, they have what's called the Talmud. And the Talmud is basically an excuse to um, circumvent the law. And um, so anyway, I said, well, how you get along with the diet? And he says, oh, that's, that's no problem. He says, I love stromboli. Well, stromboli, if you know what that is, it's all kinds of meat and cheese and all kinds of good. Uh, um, it's uh, made with pork and uh, other various and sundry um, 
unclean animals. Yeah. But uh, I said, well, how do you get away with that? And he says, well, it's real easy. He says, I just drive down to Zips and get one. He says, because if I leave my house, I'm traveling. So when I'm traveling, the laws don't apply to me. Uh, <laughs> you know, it was just, it was really quite yeah. opening to see how mm -hmm. they've made the law of none effect. But um, anyway, he was quite quite informative in the practical sense. So I think, you know, when it says here um, in verse two, I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. Mm -hmm. they're, um, they're, they're trying to keep the law and they've got all these excuses why they can't keep the law, why they don't keep the law. And it's their own righteousness. And we read in Isaiah that all of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. We all as an unclean thing yeah. have gone astray and all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. And so when we try to have our own righteousness, the, we've, we're very proud of the fact that I'm very righteous in my own right. I'm very self-righteous. And I want to have my own righteousness and not depend upon the grace of God for my salvation. It's really quite humbling when we stop and have to come to grips with the fact that we cannot, by our own efforts and um, by our own means, save ourselves. We have to depend upon one who is the creator of heaven and earth, the one who is, holds all things in sway, and we are, he is just and he is the justifier. And so we just see what a, how humbling it is to have to come and confess that I am a sinner, that I cannot get to God in my own efforts. And we see that later on in our chapter. Mm -hmm. Well, the, the sad part is, you know, the Christian church, uh, the big, uh, you know, Catholics and uh, even the evangelicals, a lot of them are uh, built, built on the idea that their righteousness will outlaw their uh, bad deeds and therefore they, yeah. they will be accepted. Or Catholics, their sacraments plus believing equals justification uh you know and so you deal with people uh of within the christian world and uh uh and they're they they some of them really have a zeal for god but i don't know you just can't get through sometimes so mm -hmm. uh you know verse three uh speaks to that i think really well it says for they being ignorant of god's righteousness you know they've blotted yeah. out god's righteousness god is righteous and he's not only righteous but he's just as we read in the third chapter 26 verse you know god is just and the justifier and we see the righteousness of god is born out in his son on the cross but it says they go about establishing their own righteousness not and have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of god and that's the humbling part is to have to submit myself to god's righteousness and say i am a sinner 
Yeah. Well, you know, at the beginning of Romans, it talked about the difference between the Jew and the Gentile. And the Jews were special in the sense that the oracles of God were given to them. Yeah. And, and because of it, it puffed them up. And they thought they were something better than the Gentiles. And yeah. that was kind of their start. And then if you go into the book of uh, Galatians, uh, it was the Jews that were trying to convince the uh, Gentiles that they had to be circumcised. Yes. And Paul had to correct that. He says, and he talks to the, the, the Galatians, the Gentiles, and he says, Oh, foolish in chapter three in foolish Gentile, uh, foolish Galatians who have bewitched you. And it was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed and crucified. Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the spirit by the works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish, uh, having begun in the spirit, you now being perfected by the flesh? Uh, in other words, they were thinking they could, you know, be accepted by God by good deeds, by yeah. the flesh. And uh, it says that uh, no one will be justified by the law. That includes Jews and Gentiles, includes everybody. Yeah. We're only justified by faith in Christ Jesus and him alone. Uh, so he goes on to say, does he who supply the spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by the hearing with faith? And then he goes on using Abraham as the example. Abraham believed God and it was imputed or counted to him for righteousness. Uh, we in ourselves have no righteousness. It comes right out and tells us that in this, in this chapter. Yeah. Uh, Self-righteousness self is a myth. Yeah. <clears throat> <clears throat> In uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1, you know, we, <clears throat> we can sit here and we can <clears throat> talk about the uh, pride and the arrogance of others. But in uh, 1 Corinthians 8, 1, it says, Now, um, as touching those things offered unto idols, we know that we have knowledge. And knowledge puffeth up. Knowledge puffeth up. And that's yeah. I think that's what we were saying, or what you were saying about the nation of Israel. They thought they were something special, that yeah. they had a special place. And they did. You know, yeah. that God said, if you keep my commandments, you will be a chosen people unto me. And they were very privileged. But one of the things with privilege comes responsibility. And the more the more light we have, the more privilege we have, the more responsible we become. Yeah. Yeah. You, you yeah, know, some, yeah, go ahead, Ron. Well, you know, 
uh, some people uh, tried to uh, put uh, the issue on God as being unfair. Uh, you look at uh, Romans 10, uh, verse 3, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness. And you look at uh, verse um, uh, 14, where it says, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? But all of that is made plain, plain to us by John 1, 9. In John 1, 9, the Holy Spirit says that Jesus was that light, the true light, which gives light to every man, every person who comes into the world. So the Holy Spirit enlightens every person that comes into the world. So their ignorance, their ignorance in verse four, 3, 10, 3, is by, by their choice. They have chosen to ignore and be ignorant of the light. And they have, in verse 14, they have, re, they have chosen not to believe. They have chosen to uh, not hear to the point of understanding. Uh, that was their choice. And, um, and there have been preachers sent, but they have been enlightened and they have rejected that light. So God is just, God is the God of love. God is the one who has called the whole world to himself uh, and enlightened every person who comes into the world, even the pygmies and the, and the, uh, the uh, uh, Bush Indians in South America, they've all been enlightened by the light of the world and their reaction has been by and large rejection and refusal to hear and believe. I think uh, we go back to Romans 1 and uh, verse 19 or verse 18, it says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. For God has showed it unto them, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made even his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without, without excuse because when they knew God they glorified him not as God right and then we go over to John 3 and you know we're all familiar with John 3 16 and we go down to 19, though, and says, this is the condemnation that light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Yeah. And once again, that comes back, I believe, to what we're talking about here, their yeah. own righteousness, wanting their own righteousness. Yes. But, you know, we, we, we fail to see, I think, sometimes the glory and the majesty and the things that nature portrays and the, the simple things, just the, the simplest things like the season changes. And, you know, we have the spring coming upon us and that's new life. And we fail to see how that which is dead comes to life and it speaks of me who was dead in sin, in trespasses and sins, being made alive unto Christ. And there's so much 
of nature that testifies as to who God is and to his majesty and glory so that we are without excuse. Yeah. Well, you know, Christ said that he didn't come to abolish the law. That's right. But, but he came to fulfill the law. Right. And we have in verse four, <laughs> for Christ is the end of the law for yes. righteousness to everyone who believes. The law has come to an end in Christ, but he fulfilled the law. He completed everything that needed to be done. He obeyed the law right to the letter. And yet he was the one who died. He was the perfect lamb of God, spotless, uh, without blemish. There was no sin found in him. Even the thief on a cross recognized it when he said, this man has done no evil, no wrong. Yeah, <clears throat> uh, You know, it's, it's the truth. Yeah. Verse 5 there, it says, Moses describeth the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which doeth those things shall live in them. Mm -hmm. You know, if we keep the law, we are a debtor to keep the whole law. Yeah. Well, you know, that, that paper that I put out there on the Internet, I got some, uh, some feedback on it, the title of it. Um, in, in case you don't know about it, John, it was written by A.P. Gibbs, who is pretty sound in his doctrine. But, oh, the, yeah. but, but the title was, There's Three Ways of Salvation. And there are three ways of salvation. But the first two, man can't obtain. The yeah. first one, <laughs> if you're like deity, God said to Job, if you can do all these things, if you're God, then you can save yourself. Yeah. So that's the first way of salvation. Well, we know man can't do that. The second way of salvation is perfection. If you can obey the whole law right to the letter, you can save <clears throat> yourself. And we know that nobody's ever obeyed the law right to the letter. So that shoots the first two doors. Door number one, door number two, forget it. Door number three, faith in Christ Jesus and him alone. <laughs> It's the only, yeah. the only way we can enter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Was, something got my attention. Or I enjoyed it. It was good. <laughs> what were you saying, John? Something outside, just that we, we need something outside of ourselves. Yeah, and we, we know it's Christ. And uh, uh, to trust that I'm a good enough person uh, <clears throat> is foolishness. Yeah, and I, I I know to me it's a mystery between salvation is a mystery to me in some aspects. How come I'm saved and not others? But uh, uh, and especially when you looked at chapter nine. But man is responsible, and we know that for sure. And uh, uh, he will stand before God. And I'm glad God is judging, not me. Oh Amen. yeah. Yep. Isn't it amazing that the Jews, <laughs> the, uh, even the unbelieving Jews, so many of them know so much of God's word, 
some of them are have memorized much of God's word, and it doesn't penetrate. It doesn't yeah. get to their heart. It doesn't. It doesn't lead them to Christ. And you know it, that that is so that is so tragic. It's like it's like a blind man who says that he can see, and yet everybody around him knows that he can't see. But he's persuaded that he can see, and we know he yeah. can't. The Jews cannot see. They can't. They in rejecting Christ, they're blind, and yet they don't know they're blind. Yet they think they see. Mm -hmm. I get this uh, uh, TV station. It's called uh, Jewish uh, Broadcast Service. So I watch it once in a while. It's about the Jews and. Uh, they'll they'll take you around to the sites in in Israel and Jerusalem, and uh, they do say the temple is going to be built. Anyway, this station does. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, but they talked about Bob Dylan, and I don't know if you you guys probably Bob Dylan was uh, a, a, quite a singer, and uh, yeah, yeah, he he even almost converted to Christianity. He wrote some uh, Christian songs. Mm. Uh, and then he converted because he was raised Jew, and that because of that he, it, they, they talked about his conversion to Judaism, mm. and uh, they have a blood sacrifice that was supposed to take care of their sins, and then they had Jesus come and die for what the Christians are saying died for their sins, and they still don't see it. I know it, yeah, and that's something. They're blind yeah. to it. Mm. You know, you talk about conversion on my podcast today. I entitled it Torah, Torah, Torah. Now, I don't know if you ever seen that movie. It was based uh, on the only pilot that survived the attack on Pearl Harbor in 1941. And uh, I got trouble pronouncing his name. Fujidu, I think his name was something like that. But there was uh, uh, another fella who was, um, maybe you heard the name Jimmy Doolittle. Yeah. Well, Jimmy Doolittle had a squadron, and he was well known during World War II because uh, he was really a good pilot. And his whole crew, he had a gunner that was in a, another plane that uh, when they bombed uh, Japan and he was trying to get away from the Japanese and he was flying towards China, but he ran out of gas and he crashed. Well, they took him captain and put him in a concentration camp and he was in there for uh, 50 months and they treated him really cruel. And uh, he had such a hatred for the Japanese. But one day he found a Bible and he read it and he came to faith in Jesus Christ and his whole attitude changed towards the Japanese people. And after the war, he wanted to go back as a missionary to the Japanese people. And he wrote a booklet about his conversion and how he, even though he was mistreated, he loved the Japanese people. Well, this pilot, this Fujidu, the only surviving 
ace pilot from Japan that returned from uh, uh, the attack on Pearl Harbor, he got a hold of his booklet and he read it. And he was so impressed by it, he went out and bought a Bible and he read the Bible and, and Luke, when Christ was hanging on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them. And as Fujiu, this Japanese, said it was like Christ talking to him. Yes. And he said he had killed so many people, you know, in the name of democracy. He had killed so many people. And he heard Christ saying, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. And he accepted the Lord. And after that, he traveled all around, giving his testimony and trying to save the Japanese people. But you can see the power in this book. Amen. The power to change people like that. And you hear a testimony like that, and you think, wow. You know. Yeah. And then you can understand where Paul says, I am the chief of simmer, sinners, and that Lord even saved him, the persecutor of the church. And that's why we have such good books like the book of Romans. Um, and that really fits in with the next portion of the, the book here. And this portion of scripture saved my wife. She heard it at a gospel meeting. Verse 9, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. And then dropping down to verse 13. For everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Amen. Beautiful scriptures. Yeah. Amen. You know, you can really see the seriousness of, un of disbelief. It's like um, Satan chose, Satan knew God, knew about God, had talked with God, um, but he chose to not believe God. Uh, he had to choose to not believe God to go into rebellion and try to exalt himself. And so I can understand the importance to God of, be, of, 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 of true belief because Satan showed the harm of disbelief. It modeled the penalty and the horror, uh, resulting horror, of not believing, him being cast out and cast down. Um, and so some people say, well, you mean that's all I gotta do? They, you know, they, they make it sound like belief is nothing. But if one really believes what the word says, he will respond in submission to the word. And so belief is the turning point. Belief turns the situation from death and lust to life and salvation. And um, it, even though belief seems so simple, it is so important. Mm. I can't help but think of Naaman the leper. 
you know, he, he went to uh, the prophet and the prophet sent Gehazi out and he says, go wash in the Jordan seven times. And he was yeah. angry. He was yeah. upset. He says, are not the rivers in Syria more beautiful and clean? And he had his, his henchmen come alongside of him and they said, you know, if he'd asked you to do some great thing, wouldn't you do it? And he said, absolutely. He says, well, why not do what he asked? It's simple. And he went and he washed. And the seventh time he came out of the river clean. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's, yeah, it's really interesting how the small, minute things. Obedient belief. Obedient belief results in salvation. You know, and uh, Irv, that way of righteousness, God's way of righteousness, is that what it's called? They, we've been listening to it, but it, it's it's God's way of righteousness. And uh, it remind, reminds me of uh, Cain and Abel. Now, Cain brought a lamb and a blood sacrifice, and Abel, uh, how much he knew that what he was supposed to bring, I don't know, but maybe he knew, but he would not. He brought uh, the vegetables of his garden. And uh, he, God pleads with him and tells him, you know, if you'd offer properly my way, uh, your, your sacrifice would be accepted. Mm-hmm. But that's the way people get so locked into their traditions and with the way they were raised that uh, they don't open their mind to God's way of righteousness and yeah. what the scripture says. Yeah. That's why we're told not to go the way of Cain. Yeah. Abel, Abel had the right way. Yeah. yeah. Or go, yeah. Yeah. Or did I say it wrong or what? Yeah, that's all right. We, we knew what you meant. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we know that you meant that uh, Abel was the one who brought the right check. Yeah, yeah, okay. You know, you got yeah, I got it. Yeah. Well, I know that John likes that song, uh, How Beautiful the Feet on Him Who Brings Good News or yeah, whatever. I know. This kind of falls right in with it. Yeah. Uh, you know, with this next portion here. Uh, trying to figure out where to start here. Well, it talks about, you know, how will they hear unless there was a preacher sent and then the preacher uh, uh, has to be sent. How then will they call on him whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they had never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? We need preachers. And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach good news. Yeah. Uh, and I know we like singing that song, and I know John picks it once in a while. Uh, it is a nice song. Yeah. Verse 17 really puts it out there, you know, that uh, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It isn't man's wisdom and man's 
thoughts. It's the word of God that does the convicting of sin. And the Holy Spirit brings the word to the lost sinner to have him acknowledge his need before God. Mm -hmm. You know, I said before how powerful the word of God is. Just another real quick story. There was a fellow in Russia, of course. Uh, it's a close, it was a closed country. Atheists, they didn't want to have anything to do with the Bible. And there used to be a brother. Uh, he was called God Smuggler. He used to sneak Bibles into Russia. Uh, brother Andrew, I read his life story. But one time they had a plane fly over Russia. And they were throwing Bibles off the, the plane. <laughs> well, there was a Russian fellow who picked up the Bible and seen it was a Bible and he threw it in the garbage. Well, there was another guy that was going through a lot of problems in his life and he was down and out and he was going through the garbage and he found his Bible and he took it out. It was in Russian and he started to read it. And he came to know the Lord. No preacher, no nothing. Just the word of God. This book will preach to you. And right. he came to know the Lord. Have and you, I, I, you hear these stories, you know. Have you ever read uh, the story, the Bible in the wall? You the, know, Bible, the Bible, the Bible what? Wall. The Bible in the wall. Okay. No. It was... Uh, it's an amazing it's it's a real quick read it's um it's a children's book it's out of bible truth publishers um i don't know if it's still in print now or not but anyway the long and the short of it is um bibles there was this town in um in northern italy that um caught on fire and it burned and uh the masons that uh, would come out of southern Illinois, Italy and they'd go up into North Italy and they'd uh, do the repairs and they'd work all summer and then they'd come home in the winter. Well, Bibles were outlawed by the, by the church. And so they were not something that people would want to be caught with because you'd get excommunicated or you'd get punished or whatever. But this one lady, she would stand on the side of the road and she would give out Bibles to all the workers going headed north. And um, there's this young man and he was um, very arrogant. He hated, hated God. He hated everything and he hated life. And she gave him a Bible and he stuck it in his pack just to, just because. And anyway, he got to his job and he needed a spacer for one of his joints. And so he took this Bible and he stuffed it in there and he hit it with his hammer to drive it in. And then he covered it up with mortar and brick. And um, a few years later, there was a fire and it burned the village. And so then and the Masons came back and they were tearing this building down because the fire had damaged the, uh, the brickwork and they found this Bible in the wall. And so the man that got it, since he found it, it was his Bible and there was a big fight over who could keep it and who could have it. And anyway, it was very interesting. Long and the short of it is the fellow that put the Bible in the wall 
he had an accident and he was in the hospital and the man who found the Bible took it and he was ministering in the hospital and he went to the bed of this man who had put the Bible in the wall. And <laughs> he, he looked at it and he saw the mark from his axe because his axe had a special uh, insignia on it and he could see the mark of his axe on the book. And he said, where did you get that book? And he told him that he got it out of the wall. And he says, I put that book there. He says, I didn't want anything to do with God. I hate him. So anyway, the man would come and he would read the Bible to him. Eventually, the long story short is that the man who put the Bible in the wall got saved. And so there was two men that um, became missionaries because of this act of defiance to put this bible in the wall it's a it's an incredible story <laughs> oh, yeah anyway in your in your travels or if you ever run across the book it's called <laughs> the bible in the wall bible in the wall <laughs> i've i've decimated my library i don't have many yeah. books left anymore because <laughs> yeah. of various things or i'd send you a copy but anyway it's uh yeah it's it, it, it just shows you how God, you know, says, my word will not return on to void, but will accomplish that whereunto I send it. And, yeah. you know, what power, and you think about the circumstances under which um, Bibles are disseminated and the word of God is put forth, and yet God is always in control of his word. I'm sure you've heard of the Gideons. The Gideons give away Bibles. You go to a hotel, you see Gideon Bibles. There are manifold stories of how people get parts of the Bible and how they have sinister purposes in their hearts and in their lives, and they're going to do dastardly deeds, and they end up finding a Bible, and <coughs> somehow the, the Word of God reaches their hearts. Yes. So we we can never count it out. Yes. You know, um, I don't know if I've shared this with you. I don't know if you've heard it or not. Um, I don't know if you've heard of Amy Carmichael, the Irish missionary to India, who was a yeah. faith missionary like killer, uh, asking only God for her supplies. And in answer to prayer alone with no fundraising, uh, God enabled her to set up orphanages, uh, an old folks home, have a hospital. But the thing that the, the, the one uh, testimony that touched me and is along this line of the word, of hearing the word, uh, was her, uh, her convert Mimosa. Mimosa was 10 years old and her parents were trying to get her into an English speaking school because they, and they took her along to enroll her. And the, her dad got into a big discussion with the uh, admitting person there at the school. Uh, the discussion covered John 3.16. He, uh, he got the full explanation of John 3.16. The little 10-year-old Mimosa believed what she heard that day, that moment. She went home with her dad. She never heard the name of Jesus. She did not hear the name of Jesus, but she heard John 3.16. She went home. She was beaten almost daily 
by her parents because she would no longer worship the Hindu gods. Finally, growing up in desperation, they married her off to a nominal Christian who never took her to church, never read the Bible to her, never gave her a Bible. But for 20 years, Mimosa has a whole, in testimony, a whole amazing story of answered prayer. Her custom was to go into her closet, get on her knees, kneel, and open her sari up you would like you would at the store to receive the goods. And she would kneel there with her sari open, and she would talk to Father, who loved her and sent his son, and she would pray, and God gave amazing answers to prayer. One in particular, one night the uh, children went to bed without food. Her husband was negligent. The children and she went to bed without food. The children said, Mom, we're hungry. And Mimosa said, Come, God will provide. God will provide. Go to sleep. It will come. Finally, at midnight, a banging on her door wakes her up. She answers the door, and it's an in-law. And the in-law says, what do you need? What is going on? And she said, what do you mean? What do you mean? Every time I try to go to sleep, something kicks me. And I, I keep on uh, thinking when I'm kicked of all the food, all the leftover food that we had from our feast today that was just sitting in the kitchen. And then I'd go back to bed and I would try to sleep again. But when I would begin to fall asleep, I'd be kicked by something again and a thought of the food. And then the thought went to you. And you know, why on earth am I thinking of you? But this thing would not let me sleep. So I have this food. Here is all this food leftovers from the feast. It is yours, take it. And she would say, oh no, 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 God will provide, God will provide. And he said, take it daughter, take it. And so she received enough food for uh, several days in answer to prayer alone from a man who didn't believe, but the spirit would not let her, let him sleep in peace until he delivered the needed food in answer to prayer to Mimosa and her children. 20 years of that. And after 20 years, she met Amy one day and Amy told her the name of John 316 God, that it was Jesus. And she had walked she had walked with him for 20 years without knowing his name only knowing john 316 yeah yeah that's something yeah i know it and you know uh we don't know you know really uh and i Every time you you know you talk to people about the Lord, they kind of give you this. Well, what about the Indians? You know, so and I I always just tell them, you know, that's up to God to deal with them. Uh, but what about you? But uh, uh, you never know how God works, and uh, uh, you know we don't. Yeah. Well, I uh, read a paper where it talked about that problem. It says that most unbelievers will always ask a believer, what about the atheists? What about those that never heard the word of God or heard about Jesus? How can they get saved through Jesus if they don't know about him? And the writer of this article says, 
uh, even if you could give them an answer, they would not believe no. in the Lord Jesus yeah. Christ, even if you could give them the answer. So, I mean, it's just a ploy uh, to try to justify their unbelief is what it, what it boils down to. Well, let's get back to the scripture. Uh, we only got a little time left. In uh, chapter, or in, or in uh, verse thir- uh, 16 of 10, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah said, Lord, who has believed what uh, he has heard from us? So faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. So no matter what we preach, we have to preach the word of God. That is the most important thing. There's no power in our words. Uh, Even some of these nice stories that I tell or you tell uh, cannot save anybody. It takes the power of the spirit through the word of God to convince people. But I ask, have they not heard? Indeed they have. For the voice has gone out to all the earth and their words to the ends of the world. But I ask, did Israel not understand? First Moses said, I will make you a jealous of those who are not a nation. With a foolish nation, I will make you angry. Uh, Then Isaiah is so bold as to say, I have been found by those who did not seek me and have shown myself to those who did not ask for me. That is us. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and that's quite a... Uh, that is, we were ask, asking that question, did not Israel know? And the answer Paul gives, well, verse 21, that uh, they're responsible. What, generally what he's saying is they know, but uh, all day long I stretch forth my hands unto a disobedient and gainsaying people. And so they knew, but they were too stubborn to receive it. Yeah, the truth was there all the while in the Old Testament, yeah. and they would not believe it. Yeah. Well, this is kind yeah. of an interesting chapter, and uh, uh, let's see. Dan, I don't know what, uh, I got a message here. Oh, never mind. I know what that was. Remember before when I had to jump off? Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to say, I'm going to take the host back. I made you co-host while I left. <laughs> and, you didn't, and you didn't even know it, Dan. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, yeah, well, we got somebody else joined us here, and uh, I don't have a name. All I got is a Bible. I'll just wave at him. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for joining us. Uh, yeah, we uh, try to do this every Monday. We've been going through the book of Romans, and uh, we just completed 10. And next uh, Monday, when we get together, we'll be at 11. 
And this whole last part of Romans really deals with the Jewish people. And uh, John, you kind of covered that last verse and uh, uh, I'm looking at the time here. I think it's time for us to, to close, but I'm gonna end uh, the recording. Hang in there, guys. <laughs>